helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome to the Life Transformation Show. This is your co-host, Denise Hart, and I'm so happy to be here to discuss this fascinating topic. Some of you will be going on Google after this show to see if we are making this up. The topic for today is transgenerational trauma. And we have Michael Hart, psychotherapist of Elim Counseling Services, who will be explaining what is transgenerational trauma and why we need to know about it. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Denise. And it is so good to have you in studio with me today, filling in and to be doing this show on transgenerational trauma. And I think today I have to be on my best behavior because I have my wife with me in the studio here today. So I have to make sure that I don't offend anyone and especially you, Denise. So I promise that I'm going to be on my best behavior today. Well, I only expect the best from you, Michael. Thank you very much. It's good that you have that confidence in me. I hope my listeners can say the same. So today's show we'll be doing on transgenerational trauma and we'll be explaining uh, transgenerational trauma. I think this is a very important topic to be talking about because trauma is one thing that creates havoc in people's lives. And before we go any further, Michael, what is transgenerational trauma? I'm sure the listeners are wondering. That's a good way to start. Yeah, so transgenerational trauma is the study of how trauma from one generation can be passed on to subsequent generation through the genes of the, the person who have suffered the, the trauma. And so a mother can pass on trauma to her children and her grandchildren. And similarly, a father can pass on trauma to subsequent generation uh, if there are unresolved trauma that has not been dealt with. There is a study, a, the field of scientific studies actually called epigenetics. And the term epi is a Greek word that actually means on top of. So epigenetics actually means on top of the gene. So what scientists are observing is that when people suffer severe uh, trauma in their life or go through any kind of hardship, severe hardship that creates stress, that there's actually a chemical mark that is left on top of the genes of that person that can be transmitted to the next generation. So, Michael, do you have a biblical text that you would like to use as background for this show? Yes, the text that I would like to, to use for today, Dennis, is from Genesis chapter 16. And it is the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. I won't go into the details, but I'll just read here a couple of verses from Genesis chapter 16, where Sarah is so traumatized, not Sarah, but Hagar, I should say, is so traumatized by what's going on in her household that she's fleeing into the desert, into the wild, in a pregnant state, without supplies, and facing sure debt. And so if you think about it, that must have been a very horrific situation that she is faced with in her life if the desert is a better 
is a better option. And so from chapter 16 in Genesis, we read these words starting at verse 11 of chapter 16. You are now pregnant. This is the angel speaking with with Hagar, I should say. You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. So think about it, that that his mother, Hagar, is in this hostile household where she's treated so badly that she's fleeing into the desert, into the wild, in a pregnant state without supply. And the angel is saying, your son is going to be hostile. He is going to be a wild donkey of a man, and he's going to live in hostility towards his brethren. So it's no doubt that what Hagar is suffering by being in such a hostile environment is traumatizing her to the effect that that trauma is now going to be passed on to Ishmael. Oh, that's, uh, I never look at that story like that, Michael. Hagar and Sarah have never taken that um, view on the story. However, it's rather intriguing. But what research, if any, do you have to show that you are not some eccentric uh, psychotherapist who believe in weird possibilities? That's a that's a good question, uh, a, a good question to ask, because people always doubt things when you're given just a biblical example. And there's nothing wrong in being scientific. So the first study I will point to is a study that was done by Kerry Ressler, and he's a neurobiologist at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. And he did research where he he conducted study on generations of mice. So the first generation of mice was subjected to electrical shock to their feet while being exposed to a fruity smell. After a while, just a fruity smell alone was enough to send these mice into a panic. What the researchers, however, observed that was very interesting is that the next generation of mice, even though they weren't electrocuted, that they reacted in panic to the, to the same smell. And what is interesting, not just the, the, set, the, next gener- the second generation, but the third generation after, also reacted in fear to that fruity smell, even though they had not experienced the electrical shock. So there we have an example, Denise, of of how uh, one generation, what happens in one generation uh, in this study, is affecting the second and the third generation. That sounds very, very interesting. But what if someone is listening to this and thinking, great research, but that doesn't prove anything because this is an animal uh, study and not everything that is proven in animal studies are applicable to humans. 
That's such How a good, would you respond to that? That's such a good point, Denise, and thank you for raising that question because there are several studies that have been done with cancer treatment, for example, that they have not been able to, with animal treatment in cancer studies that have been successful with animals, but they have not been able to replicate the same kind of results uh, with humans. So so that's a very good good point. But let me address this by saying that there have been other studies that have been done as well, such as by Dr. Rachel Yehoda, and she is a professor of psychiatry, and she is from the the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. And she did study uh, among people who had survived the Holocaust. And, And what she discovered was that people who had survived the Holocaust, that they had the same kind of hormone profile as war veterans that had had fought in the Vietnam War. And she went on to study to see how the trauma would impact the children of these Holocaust survivors. And what she found was very interesting, namely that the children of these Holocaust survivors also showed the same kind of symptoms uh, uh, of symptoms as the people who, who experienced the Holocaust, even though they did not live through those experiences themselves. So it's not just an animal study. It has also been shown in human study that this is indeed quite possible. And she became interested in this study because she would observe that the the behaviors of certain uh, certain segments of her community were exhibiting symptoms that the, the, their, 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 the previous generation exhibited. And so her study actually proved that th- there was in fact an effect that has been passed on to the next generation. Wow, that's actually fascinating stuff, Michael. But let's take this closer to home and talk about your experiences as a psychotherapist. You have a vast knowledge and experience as a psychotherapist for many years. Have you experienced anything in your practice that would make a convincing argument to skeptics? Yes, I think uh, some of the most uh, memorable experiences that I can think of, one being in the form of a dream where a client who had a specific nightmare that affected him for many years and the nightmare was so severe that he would wake up in a sweat and he would be so it would seem so real he it would seem so real that he would actually have to go and check his house to see if the windows are locked and to see if there is actually a, a burglar coming in. But this this nightmare was always about a burglar breaking into his home. And even though he lived in a safe neighborhood and there was, he has never experienced any burglary, he still had this recurring dream as uh, that a, a burglar nightmare that the burglar was breaking into his house. So when we talked about this, I asked him if anyone in his family 
had experienced something similar and he said not that he knew of because nothing has ever been talked about a breaking or anyone being traumatized by a breaking so what I did as a result of that I said why don't you go and talk to your parents to see if they know anything about uh, burglary that has happened where someone has been traumatized uh, by a, by an experience and so he actually went and speak with his dad and his dad shared an experience where he was in fact traumatized as a little boy because a burglar broke into his home and there was a big fight between the burglar and his father that ended up in the father being in blood and almost dying as a result of trying to protect his family. So this young man who had no knowledge of this because it was never talked about in the family actually was experiencing something through the nightmares that seemed so real. And what was interesting is that oftentimes and the way he described, his father described what happened to him was similar to what he experienced in the nightmare. But that's not the only example. If, he, if it was just one example, mm -hmm. then someone could say, well, you know, this is just maybe coincident. But I have had other examples uh, as well where people who have actually suffered uh, uh, people who actually have fear of some things that they have no reason they have no knowledge as to why they're afraid of some things like thunderstorm for example and they would say well I don't understand it but if there's ever a thunderstorm I have this intense fear as if I am going to die and I, I don't know where it come from and ever since I was a child I, I was told that I have always been like this and then someone else when we did do the the the, the generational genogram, which is a process that we sometimes take clients through where we do a, a, a genogram of, of trauma that has been in previous generation. Someone in that family died in a thunderstorm as a result of being struck by lightning. So in these examples, we see that it's not just it's not just a chance incident, but there are actually things that are taking place in people's in people's uh, fear system, the amygdala of the brain that has been transferred from the previous generation. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show, and I am your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, and with me in studio today is Dennis Hart, and we are talking about transgenerational trauma. If you have missed the first part of this show, you can you can listen to it by going to our YouTube channel. You can find that through our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And then he said, I think it's important for us to remind the listeners that we have a retreat that's coming up in June, June 5 to 8, 2020, and this is at the Providence Point in Lanark. And this is a fantastic opportunity for you to work through transgenerational trauma or any generational effect that you're trying to break. If you would like to go to this retreat, do not wait to register. We only have 12 spots and people are already already registering. Again, one 544 3546 So, so Dennis, we have been talking about 
transgenerational trauma and we have talked about how the effect can be passed on to the the next generation and I've given a a couple of of examples so those are some of the examples that I can think of and I think there there are many others that I could go into but these are just a few of the effects that I can think of. Well those are very great examples and uh, to support uh, this topic transgenerational trauma Michael. So let's now go a little bit further by getting a more practical view on this. If any of our listeners uh, are wondering if they may have transgenerational trauma, what would be their symptoms? Yeah, so uh, some of them I have already uh, alluded to, and I'll just go into more detail in explaining what are some of the symptoms that you may be suffering from transgenerational trauma. One of the first symptoms is if you have recurring nightmares that seem real and specific, and you've been having this this same nightmare since you were a child, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again, and you're terrified as a result of that nightmare. It's quite possible that it could be as a result of something that has happened in previous generation. And so if if you have these recurring nightmares, it's important to try to figure out in, in your family if there is some sort of a history that this nightmare might be touching on. Okay, that's interesting, Michael, about the nightmares. Um, so is there another example that you can give the listeners? Another example is if you have heightened emotional reaction that seem more like triggers, even though you have not experienced any trauma. So, for example, in the example that I gave before, where I talked about the thunderstorm, where this person was experiencing, this person was experiencing the thunderstorms as if they were some kind of a trigger. The thunders would would, would send her into a kind of a, a panic where it's almost as if something terrible is is happening or is about to happen to her or has happened to her before as a result. So if you have a heightened sensitivity to anything, it's important that you 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 investigate to see if there is some kind of kind of a trauma root to it and so we have other examples of of experiences or reaction to trigger like experiences would be like smell for some people certain smells create a a, a trigger reaction as if they're they're in danger or they're sensing something bad is going to happen. And so if you're having these experiences that you cannot identify where they're coming from, it's important for you to suspect that there might be transgenerational trauma. And would you have uh, other examples to share? Yes, another example that I can think of, yeah, those are the two examples so far, but there's some time when people have a, a pervasive and prevailing sense that they're in danger, in danger in certain situations, even though they have not experienced any trauma directly. And so if you have a situation, certain situations, it might be uh, going to a, a certain 
a certain uh, place where if, whenever you're in that place, you have this sense of danger, but you can't seem to explain why is it that I feel this fear whenever I am in this this type of a, a place, then it's possible that there could be something there linked to, to trauma. Another example is where people have a sense of fear during sexual intimacy. People might have a sense of fear or they might experience anger and they cannot think of anything that they have been through that they have never been raped. They can't think of that they have ever been molested. They have loving parents and they can't seem to think of what is making me feel this way about a certain type of sexual act or whenever I am engaged sexually. And so it's quite possible that in these kinds of reaction there 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 could be there could be something that's generational at the root of it. Mm. And so going back to the story, uh could you identify any of the symptoms in the story in the biblical text? So when you talk about uh Hagar and Ishmael. I think we we see when when the the angel says that Ishmael is going to be a wild donkey of a man. I think that represents anger. I think and anger is usually as a sense of injustice. When people are are often angry, it comes from this place where you feel that you have been violated. There is something, there's some kind of injustice that has been done. And if you look at that story of Ishmael and Sarah, you can see that there was a great injustice that was done to to Hagar. Hagar didn't ask to become pregnant. She was approached by Sarah and Abraham and offered to carry a child for them. And yet after this, Sarah turned against her because of her insecurity and started treating her. So I can imagine that Hagar would have this sense of injustice and would indeed be very angry as a result of how Sarah was treating her. So when Ishmael is said to be in hostility towards his brother, he is acting as if people are in ju- are, are, are treating him in an, in an unjust way. And so he's reacting in that way towards his brothers, even though he has not experienced that himself. Oh, definitely. I can see how the anger would pass from one uh, generation uh, to the other. So if our listeners um, are thinking, how can they identify with any of these uh, symptoms? Or if they believe that they themselves may be the parent who have a trauma that is now uh, impacting the next generation, how would you respond to them. So you're saying that if a person can identify with any of these symptoms, like they're listening and they're saying, I have these symptoms. Yes. What should one do? Right. Or or if they feel that maybe they have passed on these symptoms to the next generation. I think it is important to be able to talk about trauma because I think trauma keeps its power when we are afraid of it. When we behave as if it is something to be feared. It it locks the power of the trauma within us. And that is what leaves the mark on our DNA. Because the, those chemical reactions, when you live in fear of something, it's not just a mental 
uh, anguish. There are actually physiological uh, chemical changes, I should say, and physiological changes that is taking place inside your body. And so epigenetics is showing that there is actually an observable mark that is left on top of the DNA when, when trauma is not resolved. So if you are listening to this show and you feel that you have experienced trauma and there is a risk that this trauma could be passed on to the next generation, I would say the first thing to do is to find a therapist that can help you with that trauma so that they can help you to work through it. Some people believe that if they just don't talk about it, then it doesn't affect them. That's the furthest thing from the truth. When you don't talk about trauma because you're afraid of talking about it, that's what give you gives it the power. So if you are that parent or you, 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 you're thinking of becoming a parent and you feel, I have some things in my life that I have not resolved. It's important that you get help and you work it through. The second category or the second part of your question is about uh, if it's impacting the next generation. Yes. So if you're one of those if you're listening and you can identify with some of what I have talked about, about possible symptoms of transgenerational trauma, and you can identify with those symptoms, the good news is that in my practice, I have seen where people have found freedom once the family starts to talk about the trauma. I have had many people who have come in to me who have been suffering with transgenerational trauma, and some of them have been medicated to treat the symptoms of it. But I find that for many of these people, they, they, the, the trauma, the, the symptoms of the trauma actually stop when the family is able to acknowledge that this did happen to your grandfather or this did happen to your mom and, and begin to have dialogue about it in a setting where they feel safe. So in other words, when I say then it's a setting that they feel safe. If you're so traumatized by your trauma that you feel like you might fall apart if you talk about it, it's important to find a therapist that you feel safe and the family can, maybe you can go in first and talk about it, but the family can also come in and together you can begin to explore as a family, the trauma and the, and how it affects you. And uh, there's a lot more that I would like to say about this, but we have quickly come to the end of, of today's show. So what I would like to do at this time is to invite you, if you have not yet worked on, uh, on your trauma or you have anything in your life that you feel, you have these symptoms in your life that we have talked about in this show, I would strongly suggest that you get help to try to deal with, with the root causes. Medication is good, and I believe in medication in helping clients get through certain uh, conditions or even to help them while you're getting therapy. But I think you need to also go to the root of why you're feeling that way. And so it's important to find someone who can help you to deal with the root of your pain. I think it is also very important to, to find opportunities to heal. And Dennis, we, earlier on in the show, we talked about our healing retreat that is coming up uh, on June. Did you say? June 5th to 7th. 
June 5th to 7th. I think I said 5th to 8th. So it's, it's June 5th to 7th. So that's a Friday evening until the Sunday midday. And so if you want to have an opportunity to focus on your mental health and also your physical health, because as we have seen, Denise, many people yes. who come to these retreat also get healed physically once they work through the emotional pain. So if you'd like to register for this healing retreat, please remember to give us a call at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, Or for your convenience, you can register through you can register by our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So it's important that you know that there is hope, but you need to reach out for help. And don't believe that because you are not talking about it, that it's not affecting you and the people that you love. So we're quickly out of time today. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And your co-host, Denise Hart. Praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.